Hello and welcome to C3 City Light Podcast. You'll find us here in Raleigh until all are awakened to the light and love of Jesus. We hope that you find this message encouraging. For more information, check us out at C3CityLight.com or on social media at C3 City Light. Matthew 5. People will see your good works and they'll glorify your Father in heaven. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. And one of the most paramount things to living as the light of the world as a city on a hill is to have good relationships anybody in this room other than me sometimes struggle with relationships good thanks miss angela i thought i was the only one i was like yeah sometimes it's hard it's hard sometimes just that relationships i'm just gonna let you guys into a little secret you may not know this yet people are crazy (laughs) no i'm not gonna say that i take that back Everybody can be special sometimes, you know, where they're just having a day or a moment or a decade where they're just kind of a little bit special, just off their game. And we extend grace. But I'm telling you, it's not always easy to maintain healthy relationships. It's just not. But it's important that we get our relationships right. So we're doing this series called All the Fills. Fillings are a great gauge and a terrible guide. We got to be careful where we follow our feelings to. Because what I've learned in my own life and from witnessing other people is that if we get trapped in our feelings, it begins to create patterns, unhealthy patterns. And you might change friends and change relationships and change jobs and change all these little cities. And you kind of just keep ending up in the same situation. It doesn't make sense. I just keep coming right back around. Like, ah, it's like Monopoly. Collect, go. Ah, I'm just right back. Why? Feelings. Feelings are a great gauge of what's going on in our life and what's going on in our heart and helping us process. But they are a terrible guide. So last week we talked about we want to get the feelings out of our, our conflicts, which is impossible, right? So we just want to be careful with our feelings, and we don't want to get trapped by them when we're going through a conflict. Because let me tell you right now, if you have a relationship, guess what else you're going to have? Some conflict. You are. It's just part of life, and it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Conflict's a good thing. It's just you want to navigate it correctly. You want to navigate. You want to handle conflict correct so last week we talked about that all the fills dealing with conflicts this week i came up with the best subtitle in my entire preaching career say it don't spray it it's going to make sense in a second say it don't spray it and then next week i have no kids in here all right great if you sometimes bring your kid in here we're pretty relaxed about that. Like if they feel more comfortable here with you, that's cool. Let's next week, let's make sure we check them into Kid City next week. Cause come on, you cannot have a relationship series and not talk about sex. Can't do it. I don't know how many churches I've been to or been on staff at or done or whatever, where conversations about relationships would come up and you know, what would get ignored The elephant in the room wearing lingerie. No, I'm playing. The elephant doesn't wear lingerie. The elephant in the room, sex. The church remains silent on it, but the Bible has a lot to say. It does. Song of Solomon's. I don't think it's PG. I don't know how you rate that thing. If you're rating Bible, um, books of the Bible, I don't know if that's G. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe PG-13, Solomon. All right. Anyway, that's next week, so make sure you check your kids in. Super. All right. The other day, I walk outside, and little Charlotte, come on, always, all my preaching stories revolve around my three-year-old. Sorry. Just indulge me. This is a good one. 
This little three-year-old walks outside. She's excited. She wanted to go ride her bike. She got a bike for Christmas, and she wanted to go. It had been a few weeks, and we hadn't because of all the rain. And we walk outside, and it's overcast. And I was like, Charlotte, I don't think we can ride your bike. I was like, we're going to have to go outside and look. We're going to just look at the sky, see if it's raining. And if it's not raining, or if it doesn't look like it's about to rain, we'll go. Okay, Daddy, let's go. She opens up the door. We walk out. She looks at the sky, looks at the ground. There's no rain. There's no rain. Thank you, Lord. There's no rain. I never heard another. What in the what? What Charlotte? Like what? Why did you say that? Like where did you learn to say that? Oh, Dad, like you always say that when you get a parking spot. I was like, really? That's how you learned it? Yeah, you say Dad. Or you say thank you, Lord. I got a spot. Like, all right, that's true. I do. And I was like, but seriously, I don't do that all the time. Like, where did you learn that at, Grandmommy? Grandmommy says thank you, Lord, for everything. At the grocery store, she finds what she needs, or she does this, she does, thank the Lord, thank you, Lord. It just got me thinking how important our words are. Man, we learn from what we hear. We learn from what we hear. And I'm going to develop this idea more from a few scriptures that we're about to get into in one second. But before I do, I want to just give you one more story. Come on, preaching stories help so much, right? They help. I had one of the coolest jobs. I've talked about it before. And in fact, with this job, it was landscaping and it was a plant nursery. And so when things were slow on the planting plants and building like uh, brick patios and digging ponds and whatever, all that stuff, when it was slow, we were helping out in the nursery. And one of my favorite jobs to do, like I couldn't believe they let me do this. They put me on an old school tractor, four gears, so much fun to change gears. That thing was like probably 50 years older than me. Like it was Tractor had been around, but it was so much fun. On the back of it was like a 200-gallon tank. And so I would get to drive that thing around, multitasking, right? That's why text and drive like, was preparing me for No, we don't text and drive ever. It's bad. I'm not, not telling you that. But I'm just saying I was prepared for this job. Changing gears, driving this big old tractor, and spraying Roundup. I mean, you want to talk about a super soaker, man. You could like, spray that thing probably 50 foot. I mean, it's, it's awesome. But you had to be careful. Lord knows you could not do it if the wind was blowing. Oh, you just kill all the plants in the nursery. Just wipe out a section at a time. I mean, it was just like, it was gnarly. I mean, this is an awesome job for like a 21-year-old or whatever, just driving this tractor and just killing stuff. I mean, it was just amazing. A little bit crazy. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I loved it, though. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. But I learned something about spraying Roundup. You better always be paying attention to what you're spraying. Woo. Better be paying attention. Because within a day or two, you're going to find out what kind of job you did spraying Roundup. You just are, man. If you sprayed stuff that shouldn't have been sprayed, you're going to find out. And if there was stuff you were supposed to spray and you didn't spray it, you're really going to find out. Why is that I'd hear this a couple times? Because I'm not perfect. The boss will come out, Stuart, I'm just curious. There's some weeds in that back corner of that back lot way down there that you must have missed. Are you sure about that? Oh, yeah, they're about 10 foot high. I'm pretty sure you missed some weeds. That's what our words are. That is what our words are. And we're doing this series entitled All the Fills because we've got to learn to check our feelings. They're a great gauge and a terrible guide. 
What I've learned from living a little bit of life is that all of us are constantly spraying something with our words. And either we're spraying Roundup or we're spraying water or maybe if we're really looking like Jesus, we're spraying water with some miracle grow inside of it. And those words of encouragement, those words of joy, those words of hope bring out the best potential out of anyone around us. And all the people around us just begin to flourish where they're at because we're spraying encouragement. But make no mistakes about it. Our mouth does not stay silent. We're constantly spraying. So we want to say it. Don't spray it. We want to say words of life, words of courage, words of hope, words of faith, words that build and edify and don't tear down and kill. But the key to all of this is what lies in our tank. Let's face it, we're all a tractor. We've all got a a tank on the back of our tractor, and we're all going through life driving our tractor, either spraying water or spraying Roundup. What's the difference? The tank. What's what's in the tank? If there's toxic, poison, negativity, criticism, offense, because we got our feelings hurt, and we never took the time to recognize, oh, I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling disgusted. Okay, that's a good gauge. Why? Why? Our feelings let us know we need to start asking some questions. Why do I feel happy right now? Why do I feel sad right now? Why am I in a blind rage right now? Why? Our feelings are like the red lights. Our check engine light. Something's going on in the engine. It doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. It just means like, let's see what's going on. It's time for an oil change. Okay. Our feelings let us know. But when we begin to stuff our feelings, ignore our feelings, and just let some offense lie dormant, let some bitterness lie, but I'll just shove that way back in the back part of my heart that I never really use. The next thing you know, that tank behind our tractor gets toxic and the stuff spraying just begins to bring death and destruction to everything around it. Can anybody relate with what I'm talking about? You're like, I've never sprayed Roundup a day in my life. Too abstract. I'm telling you, our words are the same way, and we've got to be honest with ourselves today. What are we asking? Or what are we spraying? What are we spraying? Proverbs 18.21 says it like this. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. We've got to be aware of what's coming out of our mouth. We've got to be aware of it. Psalms 141 verse 3 says it like this. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Ooh, wait a minute. I can't just walk around saying what the first thing that comes to mind. What? No, no, no. We can't do that. In fact, the biblical way to do it is, hey, the t- we need to be aware that our tongue's very powerful. Life and death are in it. Life and death are in our tongue. And then the second thing we got to really, hey, we got to set a guard over our lip, over our mouth. We got to set a guard, oh Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. And whatever's in our heart, guess where it's going to come out? Out of our lips. If it's in there, it's going to come out at some point. No, no, no. I would never say that. I would never say that. You get stressed out enough, you get sleepy enough, you get hungry enough. You get a couple bad things all throughout the day enough 
And then at the end of the day, you'll be surprised what will come out of your mouth. If it's in there, it's some way or another, it's going to find its way to your lips and it's going to come out. James 3, 5, we're going to study a little bit more in that chapter toward the end. But I just want to read this. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest fire. It's amazing the power of the tongue. Just one little comment and the next thing you know, oh, Oh, no, it went viral. Oh, man, I'm a sensation. I'm all over the Internet. Ah, they made memes out of me. Ah, it was just one statement. The next thing you know, go that one employee said one thing to Sally. But Sally didn't know how to put a guard over her mouth. So she told everybody, all the employees. And the next thing you know, you set a fire at work with one word. The tongue's very powerful. We can't let it deceive us. It's very powerful. So our mouth is going to spray. It's always going to be spraying. And yes, we want to put a guard on it so we can do our best to have some fruit of the Spirit in our life coming from our heart and have some self-control. But I'm telling you, ultimately, it's not just about self-control. Ultimately, it's about making sure that our heart is okay. You know, you can go to a doctor and get diagnosed, and that's great. We all like to be diagnosed, but come on, we don't want to just be diagnosed. We want to get, be given a prescription, right? Okay, great. I get it. We've diagnosed that all of us have a little bit of Roundup in our tank. What do we do? So glad you asked. This is what Luke 6, 45 says. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And the an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what's in your heart. So we want to let the Lord open us up and perform some open heart surgery. Not with a scalpel. Come on, like this place ain't clean enough for that. But we want through the Holy Spirit to do some open heart surgery. Lord, I've noticed some of my relationships are a little bit off. I noticed that some people in my life are just kind of avoiding me. Like, what is that about? Could I be spraying Roundup in these situations and I'm just not aware of it? Help me, God. Help me. Give me eyes to see today. Give me ears to hear what is going on in my heart because I know that what flows from my heart is going to come out of my mouth. Now, what we want to do when we start to look at our heart is we want to weigh our feelings. We all have feelings. We go, oh, that's totally normal. It's a good thing. Feelings are a good thing. But what we want to do is take those feelings and we want to weigh them like the scales of justice. We want to weigh them against the word of God. All right. So when we're feeling a certain way about a certain situation or a certain person, we want to weigh that against God's word. Like be angry and sin not. Okay. Let me just kind of dial that back. Lord, you got to help me. You got to take some anger off this scale because, whoa, boy, buddy, did they do me wrong? Right. Like we. And we feel justified, but we start to weigh those feelings against God's word. And it helps us. I'm telling you, when we start getting feelings, we want to process them. Okay, is this happiness? Is this sadness? Is this disgust? Is this anger? Is this surprise? Surprise is a good thing, but you may not know this a lot of times. Surprise is, which means it could be a good thing. Oh, that's unexpected. That's a pleasant surprise. Or that's a surprise. I'm not ready for it. Now I'm beginning to get anxious. Anybody ever just get anxious? Man, if I was prepared for that or if I knew I could have prepped and oh, I'm not ready. Ah, and just start to get in like a, a ball of stress because we're anxious about something. right? 
But then we start weighing those feelings against God's word. Be anxious for nothing. No, God, you don't understand. They just let me go. Like, I'm about to get anxious about how I'm going to pay this rent. Can't eat off of ramen all day long, right? Man does not live off of ramen and water. Oh, maybe that's the new living translation. Man doesn't live on bread alone, my bad. But, you know, we start to get anxious. Like, I'm not sure how this is going to work out. I've got bills to pay. I've got this to Lord, I'm 23 years old. I'm still single. God, help me. We start to get anxious because the future's a little bit uncertain. And it's okay to feel anxious. It's okay to be surprised. It's okay to be discussed. All that stuff is okay. But when we get those feelings, we don't want to just stuff them and move them way back to the back of the closet where everything goes to die. Don't do that. They'll pop their little head back up again at the most inconvenient time. Feelings are sneaky. They never just die. They just come back in a different way. So what we want to do is begin to weigh our feelings against God's word. So look, I made a couple observations today. In fact, three observations about our heart. Okay, about our heart. We got to be careful, be diligent to guard our heart. For from it flows the rivers of life. So we want to watch our heart. Right? Here's the first observation. You ready? Feelings left unchecked pollute our heart and make it toxic. You ever notice that? Feelings left unchecked, unresolved feelings, things I didn't deal with. If I leave them alone, they're going to just become toxic. They don't get better on their own. You know what I mean? Like time is the great healer. Uh, I don't know about that. I think time can help us with some scar tissue, but I'm telling you, man, sometimes you just got to go in and have open heart surgery and get the Lord to cut some stuff out of you, man. Like life can be tough. People can be cruel. We can get done wrong. There can be things outside of our control, like, like a natural disaster, like a tree falling on your power line at the beginning of your, your neighborhood. Thursday night was wonderful. Our power went out at like 2 in the afternoon. Then come back to like 7 the next day. First world problems, right? There's people all over the world going days on time without power. So accustomed to um, being able to charge my cell phone. But just those natural acts, those things that were so beyond our control. Not just the tree falling, but why did that tornado hit my house? Why did my grandmother pass away when I was young? I would have loved her. Why did this happen? Why did that happen? God, why? And if we don't just start doing the work of allowing God to speak into us, help us remove what needs to be removed, heal what needs to be healed. God, why did that person violate me when I was so young? Why did they do that? And if you never go back to that offense, that abuse, that thing, what, and we all got things, that happened and let the Lord heal it at the root. The fruit of it is going to be toxic. Everywhere you speak and everything you say is going to have a little taste of death on it. Just a little bit of roundup on it. And that stuff just starts to accumulate and add up and add up. So the first thing we got to understand about our heart, feelings left unchecked pollute our heart and make it toxic. I'm telling you right now, if you don't like the fruit of your life, death and this and just man I just keep cycling through friends and ah look at the root what is really going on beyond the surface Lord like deep down in the root of my life in my heart what's going on what's down there all right 
And you know, the, the fruit, if we're looking at the fruit of our life and our conversations and our relationships, it's not just about what we say. Like some of us can like do a really good job of saying the right thing, but we'll say it with so much stank on it. Like we'll say it with so much tone. And I'm telling you, it's not just what we say, it's how we say it. Tone matters. Like in Lord, I'm just telling you, we don't want to be tone deaf, right? Like tone matters. How we speak to that boss or how we speak to that, that employee that we're responsible for, how we speak to our spouse or how we speak to our kids, tone matters. And so if you kind of just catch your tone just going a little bit all over the place, we want to be careful. We want to be careful. Dive down and look at the root. The second observation I've learned about our heart and about our feelings is this. Everything we speak is something that we've learned. Everything we speak is something that we've learned. I was at a kid's party yesterday, and it was hilarious. This is one of Charlotte's friends, and we were there, and everyone in the room pretty much is like in a similar stage of life. And so like a lot of the parents were kind of comparing play, playbooks, you know, comparing notes. And I, I was in this conversation. It was so hilarious. And the parents were talking about different things that their kids had said that was inappropriate. You know, it's kind of like just comparing notes. Oh, you'll never believe what little Johnny said to the teacher. He said, hey, word. Or you'll never believe what little Johnny repeated at Sunday school. Oh, oh, Johnny, terrible timing, man. You just threw your parents under the bus. Don't be saying that to the Sunday school teacher. Like, ah. But it was just they kept going through these funny different stories and all these things. And I was just cracking up because we all speak and say what we've learned. Life experience is a wonderful teacher or a terrible teacher, depending on what we learn. And if we're not careful, we'll just keep regurgitating and keep saying things that we've learned. And maybe we learned it from a place of pain. Maybe we learned it from a place of pride. And the next thing you know, we're full of arrogance, prideful speech. But why? We just learned that thought pattern. We just learned that. I felt really great. And the more I just talked about how good I am, the better I felt. Whoa, check those feelings. That will become toxic. I'm telling you, people, would you'll, they'll just leave you in droves if we're all talking about ourselves all the time, right? Got to be careful. But maybe we learn to speak from a place of pain. Oh, you're never going to amount to anything. You're going to be just like your dad. You're just going to be a deadbeat just like him. And we begin to learn to speak from those patterns of what we've heard. I'm telling you, what we speak comes from what we've digested. The things that constantly are playing in our head, and we begin to digest those. That's what we speak. That's what ends up coming out of our mouth. I'm telling you, we speak what we hear. Conversations shape us if we just aren't paying attention. Like the gossip conversations around the water cooler, right? Monday, the water cooler. Everyone's talking last week about the Super Bowl. And the, did you hear about Jenny? Did you hear about Jenny at that Super Bowl party? Oh, let me tell you about Jenny at that Super Bowl party. Gossip. Oh, did you hear? Did you hear? Did you never believe what Sally neighbor around the street did? Let me tell you. We got to be careful the conversations that we allow our ears to be privy to. Not that we're better than anybody. I'm just saying we just want to begin putting up some healthy barriers and guards. Like, yo, if you're always going to come over here negative, like, I'm going to try it a couple times just to turn the conversation around. Hey, it seems like you're a little bit upset. Like, 
what's going on? You want to talk? Okay. Or people that know, like, don't go over there to Miss Christie. Uh-uh. If you're going to be negative, keep that on the left side of the building. You go over there, you better bring. You can be honest and stuff, but hey, that's okay. You're going to pick yourself back up. You got this thing, baby. Come on, I'll help you. High five. I know that. I don't get around Miss Christie and be negative because she's going to help me, right? We want to be those people in our lives. But when people come around and they're trying to just, I'm going to spray around. Uh-uh, uh-huh. I got some good plants in my garden. I got a prized tomato plant. You're not killing that thing with your words. God's growing some fruit and some hope in my life. You can't get that negative language around here. We're going to stop it right there. Because we learn from our conversations. So we want to put a guard up, not just on our heart and not just up on our words, but on our ears. Now, if you find that a lot of your conversations are pretty negative or pretty critical or pretty like, whoa, man, we were really laying into the boss man today. Why do people feel comfortable being able to say that around you? Like, there's no condemnation. Hey, we've all made mistakes. I'm just trying. I want God to lead us into our best life, a place of healing where we've got control of our feelings. So if you've messed up yesterday, it's okay. Today's a new day. We can all, we are all a work in progress moving forward. It's okay. But I'm telling you, if people feel comfortable coming around you and just spewing negativity and spewing criticism, and it's like your life is like, a, like an episode of the Desperate Housewives. I'm going to be careful. We want to be careful. I know I'm stepping on some toes. I'm sorry. All right, here we go. Actually, no, I'm not sorry. This is good for you. It's like eating your vitamins, eating your Brussels sprouts. It'll be good. All right. So here we go. So I don't want to be around the gossip column. I don't want to be around the water cooler on Monday. What I want to do is be around the dinner party table. I've found this in my life that when I get myself to a dinner party and I get around a table full of life and full of hope and full of encouragement, it doesn't matter what I'm going through. It doesn't matter. It could be the worst thing that life could throw on me. And if I'm around the right people speaking the right thing, oh, I know, Terrence, that you, your mother got that bad diagnosis, man. But you know what? I'm going to believe with you. God's word says that and we're going to start declaring God's truth, right? I want to get around some dinner party tables here with some people of faith, here with some people that know their identity, that can just know, Stuart, I know you might be feeling defeated. I know you might be feeling like the situations, but here's the truth. You're going to make it. God has never lost a battle. He's not going to start now. Let's go. I'll help you. That's the type of circles I want to get around because I learned to speak from what I hear. So I want to hear the right things. Words of faith, words of life, words of encouragement. That's what I want to hear. Because what we hear begins to shape us. Ask any parent, right? Whatever you say is what little Johnny's going to end up repeating. Because what we hear shapes us. So we want to be careful. James 3. Oh, man. This is such a good verse. James 3, and I'm going to read you nine verses. Nine verses of fuego. That's for you guys in Spanish, fuego. It's just nine verses of fire. I love this. James 3, we'll start at verse 3. Here we go. It's all about the tongue. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder can make a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go. Even though the winds are strong, 
In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, uh, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is the whole world of wickedness corrupting the entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. Strong words, James. Verse 7, people can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No. And you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. Man, that's like some of the harshest words in the Bible about our tongue. But it's good medicine. You know, it's good medicine. It brings correction. It brings rebuke. It brings, all right, God, this is really important. My tongue is really important. It's as important as a horse being so strong and can go anywhere. But with a tiny nudge of the reins, I can make it go left or right. Why? Because of the bit. A ship can be so strong. It can sail all over the world. It can, be, it can channel all the winds and go wherever but it's dependent on that tiny little piece of wood, that tiny little rudder on where it's going to go. The tongue is that powerful. But there's something about the tongue that I want to end with, and this is point three if you're taking notes, and this is key. Our tongue is, one, tethered to our heart. So our tongue is tethered to our heart, and our future is tethered to our tongue. It's powerful. It's powerful. If we think about the power of our tongue and what James is saying right here, my tongue is connected to my heart. So what's inside of my heart is going to come out of my mouth. So my, my tongue has got one hand on my heart, but then I got another hand on the future. The words we speak create the world that we live in. It's just powerful. Life and death are in the tongue. And I know that sounds kooky. And for a while I was like, no, no, there's no way that my tongue has that much power. But it's true. I've seen it happen over and over and over again. God, you're always with me. You never fail. And then I'll walk into an impossible situation and it just works out. Oh, Lord, I'm just not good enough at that. I'm just not smart enough to do that, Lord, and I'll see myself fail time over and time again. So what I've learned is that whatever belief is in my heart, whether it's doubt or faith, that's going to come out of my mouth. So my heart's connected to my tongue, but then my future's connected to my tongue as well. God, you always cause me to triumph in your name. Greater is he who is with me than he who's in the world. We're going to make this thing work. God, your word says that it's a good thing. He who finds a wife found a good thing. 
So it may not feel like it right now, but that's not true. I won't be guarded by my feelings. I'll be tethered to your truth. And inside of my heart, I want it to be covered with the word of God. Old Testament, New Testament, the biggest difference. The Old Testament, that old covenant, it was all about the law. New Testament, Jesus says, hey, I've hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. The law, the commandments, all of that stuff is summed up. Love God and love your fellow man. And God has written those words on the walls of our heart. Deep down inside of our heart. Deep down in that 200-gallon tank of Roundup or water, depending on what you've put in it. And we're walking around, living our life, driving our tractor, and we're spraying something. Today, I'm believing that through the power of the Holy Spirit, God's going to perform open-heart surgery on us. And this doesn't have to be painful. It doesn't have to be weird. All it's got to do is just be honest. So all we've got to do is create just a little space. Lord, today, I want to be aware of what I'm saying. God, I don't want to speak death anymore. I don't want to spray Roundup. I want to spray Miracle Grow. And my relationships are stronger because I know you. God, my relationships and my potential are better because I'm connected to you and you're the vine. Lord, we don't want to spray Roundup anymore. And so in a second, we're going to take a little bit of time. We're going to have a song. The band's going to lead us in, and we're going to ask God, we're going to invite him to just perform open-heart surgery. Lord, just identify, put your finger on the things inside of our heart. It could have been a past event. It could have been a traumatic experience. It could have been something that was said all these years ago that we never dealt with the feelings around it. We never dealt with the offense. And now we're just bringing it back into all of our relationships. But in a second, we're going to ask God to reveal that to us. I want to leave you with one final thought. The doctor, Dr. Jack Hayford, he was this professor. He's still alive. He's And the seminary I went to, he founded it. But he had this saying, it was one of the truest statements I've ever heard. He said, hurt people, hurt people. Hurt people, people that just got cut up by life and never got healed, just continue that pattern. Hurt people, hurt people. They never dealt with it, so they'll just bring it into someone else and just bring it into someone else. And every time you get close to their heart, maybe they'll push you back because it's sensitive and it's hurt. And that's true. But if that sentence is true, hurt people, hurt people, I know the opposite is true. Healed people, heal people. And then if we'll just allow the Lord to do that uncomfortable work of doing what only he can do, putting his hand on those areas of our heart, we just need some healing. God, I'm struggling. Why did that happen? Why did you let that happen? I'm struggling with it, God. Heal my heart of that. You'll be amazed at the life that starts coming out of your mouth. You'll be amazed at the situations you start speaking truth into. Because hurt people hurt people, but healed people heal people. And it might be difficult, but it's not impossible. We hope that you have been inspired and encouraged by today's message. For more info or to connect with us, check us out at c3citylight.com.